Good evening, guys, ghouls, and girls. Welcome to the fourth episode of Spook Chatter. Tonight, we are talking about a pretty vile human being who I've already touched base on a little bit with one of my movie decompositions. That's right, guys. I'm talking about Josef Fritzl, the Austrian father who locked his 18-year-old daughter up for 24 years in a dark, dreary cellar he had created himself to ensure she wouldn't leave him as she had planned to do so as soon as she was 18. He sexually assaulted her throughout her whole time trapped in this man-made prison, forcing her to bear seven of his children. Just quickly here, before I jump into the grisly details, if I pronounce places or names wrong, I do apologise. I am Australian, not Austrian. So don't attack me, just have a laugh. And also, I shouldn't have to say this, but viewer discretion is advised. This story is heavily based around abuse of the worst kind, so if this is a topic that is upsetting to you, please click off. Josef Fritzl was born on April 9th, 1935. He is currently alive, serving a life sentence in a special prison unit for the criminally insane in Austria's Kremstein prison. He is 86 years of age. Josef was put on trial for incest, coercion, rape, false imprisonment, enslavement, and negligent homicide. Josef pleaded guilty to all charges and was sentenced to life. Upon reading about Josef, I was under the impression he had only tortured the one poor girl, but further digging made me lose more hope in humanity. In 1967, Josef raped a 24-year-old woman at knife point and attempted to rape a 21-year-old woman, however, she had escaped. August 28, 1984, he decided he would hold his own daughter, Elizabeth, captive for 24 years, repeatedly raping and abusing her. May 31, 1996, his son with Elizabeth died three days after his birth due to Josef's negligence. Josef was born in Amstetten, Austria, on April 9th, 1935, whilst Austria was still under control of Nazi Germany. His father left when Josef was only four years old, and he later died in the war. Josef was raised by his mother, who physically abused him quite severely. Known to be very strict and disciplined in his later years, Josef married at 21 to an 18-year-old woman named Rosemary, who was working as a kitchen helper at the time. 1967 was the year of his first crime he had committed that was found out about anyway, which was a rape of a young woman at knife point, though the record was wiped after 15 years. Yosef was also a suspect in two other assaults, potentially engaged in an act of indecent exposure, and had also been alleged to have raped one of his sisters, but I cannot confirm nor deny this claim. Eventually, Yosef would go on to graduate from technical college with a qualification in electrical engineering and worked at a steel company. For a while, he worked in mail-order lingerie, but eventually gave this up in 1972 and bought an inn and a campsite near Salzburg. 
He is currently a suspect for an unsolved murder of a young girl in that area. Joseph and Rosemary had seven children together, two sons and five daughters. He had allegedly started to sexually abuse Elizabeth as early as 1977 when she was only 11 years of age. It is believed Joseph started construction of the underground dungeon in 1978, not long after his first rape of Elizabeth. Elizabeth ran away from home to Vienna with a friend in January of 1983, but after less than a month were found and sent home. As you can imagine, this enraged Josef. It was at this point that Josef conjured his ghastly plan to lock Elizabeth up and throw away the key, so to speak. The windowless dungeon Josef built had electrical lighting with electronic locks on each door and a remote code lock on the main door which he installed himself. The dirt, windowless walls were all Elizabeth would see for the next 24 years of her life. On August 24, 1984, that's when Elizabeth's life would change for the worst as Josef lured her into the basement by making her help him put on the door. After she helped him, he held an ether-soaked towel over her face until she was knocked unconscious. For those that are not aware what ether is, because I did not and had to google it, it was used as a general aesthetic that has been used as a recreational drug to cause intoxication, so you know the poor girl was knocked out cold. Joseph then proceeded to lock her in her cell with no natural light for over two decades. Yosef kept Elizabeth completely restrained for the first year, however, afterwards she was allowed to walk around freely inside her dungeon. Yosef's wife eventually lodged a missing person report. Yosef would tell police that she has probably run away to join a cult, but eventually Yosef forced Elizabeth to write a note to state that she moved out with a friend and will flee the country if either of her parents tried to find her. At a minimum, it was every three days that Yosef would come down to Elizabeth to give her supplies and to have his way with her. Two years into her captivity, Elizabeth became pregnant, though she miscarried 10 weeks into the pregnancy. Two years later, Elizabeth went on to give birth to her first child, Kirsten. Then, over the next 20 years of captivity, she birthed six more of her own father's children using only disinfectant and a pair of dirty scissors. If that doesn't disgust you to your core, you are not human. Kirsten was born on 30th of August 1988. The second child, Stefan, was born 1st of February 1990. The third, Lisa, born 29th of August 1992. The fourth, Monica, born 26th of February 1994. The fifth and sixth were actually twins, Alexander and Michael, born on the 28th of May 1996. However, after only three days, unfortunately Michael passed away. Joseph cremated Michael by placing his body in the family furnace. The seventh and last child is Felix, born on the 16th of December 2002. After the birth of the fourth child, Joseph decided to add an extension to the tiny dungeon, putting Elizabeth and older kids to work by digging out soil with their bare hands. Elizabeth had managed to convince Joseph to raise three of the children, Monica, Alexander and Lisa, upstairs. 
Joseph agreed but would have Elizabeth write a corresponding note with each child stating that she couldn't care for them. Joseph lied to his wife, telling her that they had been left on the doorstep and showed her the note. They were then raised in the family home. Joseph and Rosemary had been approved by the local services authorities to be their foster parents. The family received regular visits from social workers who saw and heard nothing to arouse their suspicions as, after all, they were the grandparents of these children. Unfortunately, this still left Kirsten, Stefan and Felix locked in the basement with Elizabeth with no daylight and severely malnourished. Elizabeth still attempted to give them as normal of a life as she could by teaching them the basics of reading, writing and educating them as much as she could in her circumstances. Over the years, Yosef had given the captives a television, a radio and a cassette player. These items and Yosef were the only access to the outside world. They had a refrigerator to store food and a hot plate to cook or heat up food. As punishment, Yosef would shut off their lights or refuse to bring down food and water for days at a time and would also threaten Elizabeth and the remaining children that if they tried to escape, he would gas them. Unbeknownst to them though, this was an empty threat as there was no gas supply to the basement which had been discovered by investigators after they were rescued. He was also quoted after his arrest that he had threatened they would be electrocuted and die if they meddled with the door. Yosef's sister-in-law, Christine, had told investigators that Yosef would go down to the basement every morning at 9am, telling his family he was going downstairs to draw up blueprints for machines which he sold to firms. In some cases, he'd stay there all night and would not allow his wife Rosemary to come down and bring him coffee. Which, if you ask me, is dodgy as hell, but he was probably very controlling and threatening, so she didn't want to stir up any feathers. Now, obviously due to the neglect and how the children came about, there's obviously going to be some very major health issues, not only from the incest, but their living conditions as well. On the 19th of April 2008, Elizabeth's oldest daughter, Kirsten, fell unconscious, which in an uncharacteristic act of mercy, Josef let Kirsten out of her prison and drove her to the hospital for the care she urgently required. From here, the doctors became very suspicious of Kirsten's situation, an extremely pale girl who has never had medical treatment in her 19 years of life suffering with kidney failure. With that, they used the power of the media to reach out to the mother of Kirsten, wherever she may be, to come forward. Elizabeth and her two sons saw the pleas on the TV and begged Yosef to let her out. Now, Yosef was growing older by the day and allegedly at this point he had already been trying to conjure up a plan to release his captives without people asking too many questions. This situation was the straw that broke the camel's back. He had told authorities and the doctors that the family had just appeared on his doorstep like his three grandchildren he and his wife had brought up. They were free. Elizabeth and her babies were finally free. Thankfully, the authorities weren't buying this story that the small family had just appeared on his doorstep and that she had been living with a cult. So whilst at the hospital, Elizabeth had been asked into a room away from her father and interrogated. 
They had even at one point threatened to charge her with child abuse because clearly her children were not healthy and had been neglected. Elizabeth refused to provide any information until they promised her that she would never have to see her father again. The police obliged and over the next two hours, Elizabeth told the authorities the grisly details of her life for the past 24 years in captivity. Elizabeth went into detail of how he forced her to do dehumanizing acts in front of her children, forcing her to watch pornographic films and having her reenact them with him in order to humiliate her. The police officers had heard enough and that was the end of their investigation. Yosef, aged 73, was finally arrested on the 26th of April. On April 29th, it was announced that DNA evidence tested positive to Yosef being the biological father of his daughter's children. Kirsten was treated and seems to be as healthy as she can be now. Rosemary, Elizabeth's mother, claims she did not know anything of these horrendous crimes that were happening in the family home. Yosef denied the enslavement crime. His defence lawyer, Rudolf Mayer, tried to explain that Yosef's decision to imprison his daughter and force her to submit to his every whim was the act of a devoted father. He even went as far as to try and paint Yosef in a caring father's light by stating he spent time and money maintaining both families, taking down a Christmas tree, school books, an aquarium, even a canary. If that isn't some bullshit, I do not know what is. But on that note, that is the story of Joseph and Elizabeth Fritzel. And now for Spook's Two Cents. Firstly, Rosemary, the mother and slash wife, had no idea that her daughter was living her life in the basement. How much as a parent would you be kicking yourself that for 24 years, you thought your daughter had run away and joined a cult when in reality, she was literally under your nose the whole time. She never came down to the basement, even though her husband would sometimes stay the night down there. If it was me and my husband was spending all his time down in the basement, I'm so nosy and annoying. I'd be asking my husband what the heck he was doing for that whole time to the point where he'd be so annoyed he would probably stop going down there so often. Secondly, props to Elizabeth for not giving up and actually educating her children in the best way that she could. Granted, having her kids down there would have been great company as she was there for so long by herself. Two years in and the poor thing suffers a miscarriage, only for another two years passing before she'd actually had Kirsten and Yosef only came down to have his way with her and leave her food. So you can imagine she would have been lonely. That in itself would have been enough to drive anyone insane. But like a trooper, she pushed on and got through it. It's pretty inspiring. Lastly, how can Yosef's defense lawyer live with himself? Why would anyone want to represent someone like Josef Fritzl? How can you say anything in defense for his crimes? It is disgusting and I know, I know he gets paid to do this and that's probably all that's driving him at this point, but he needs to rethink his morals if he was able to stand up for this monster. But on that note, that wraps up episode four of Spook Chatter. Thank you for supporting me and what I do here. Let me know your thoughts below and if you have anyone or anything you'd like me to investigate next. 
All my relevant reference links can be found in the description below as well as where you can find and contact me. I also have a Discord server which can be found on my link tree. Feel free to jump in there, have a chat. Everyone's really friendly and super supportive so that's really cool. If you are a fellow content creator you're also welcome to share your work. So let's hit each other up, let's be friends, I would love that. Thank you very much for tuning in. Stay, Stay. 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 Stay.